What's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Get it, get it, get it. What's up? What's up? What's up? Early vote starts tomorrow. Early vote starts tomorrow. Early vote starts tomorrow. Get your vote in tomorrow. In your neighborhood, neighborhood. Kick it off, kick it off. All 50 boys, 50 boys. Kick it off, kick it off. Not the 77 neighborhood. Early vote starts tomorrow. Early vote starts tomorrow. Early vote starts tomorrow. Where your polling place at? Where your polling place at? Go to Chicago elections that good. Hey, 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 hey. Y'all thought y'all would never hear me rap, huh? She was getting it. She got Y'all thought y'all would never hear me rap. She got bars. And it's election cycle in East Chicago City streets. Bars. I got bars. Do you all know? No. Nope. Do you all know? They don't. Because today we're talking about <laughs> Chicago history and they black Chicago not. history at that. That part. But do y'all know? Do you know? Do you know? Up until like 2018. Ouch. There was still polling places that were bars in Chicago. No, say more about that. Like, literally places, mostly on the north side, right? Mostly on the north side, because there was something before, uh-huh. and they then they turned into bars. So I think one was like one of the Polish leagues that was a Polish league, that but later right. turned into a bar. That sounds right. And it was still a polling place until, like, like some real Chicago COVID. machine stuff right there. I mean, I don't know if it's machine <laughs> stuff or is, if it's just convenient. Convenient. Is it convenient or is okay, it machine? Can we get one as a celebrity? No. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Well, we can't get one at the celebrity. No. No, we cannot get public places and bars. Y'all gonna get me in trouble. Y'all gonna get me in trouble. Take the vote to the people. Take the voting power to the people. But the voting Ted's place as a vote. (laughs) But the voting power the voting power should be with the people. Y'all, so I wanna remind people of a few things. Early vote starts in your neighborhoods tomorrow. tomorrow. I'll be like there bright and early. At the library, going to vote before I go to work. I mean, we don't be in line. And you know what? Everybody complains about being in line at 7 o'clock on election night. You know what I look at that as? What? Champagne problems. I got champagne problems. If I'm in line at 7 p.m., that means not 7.05. That means they can lock the door at 7 p.m. and my votes go count. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it also means that people like you, like-minded, engaged citizens, are casting their vote. They are engaged. And so, again, I, I like the way you describe that. Champagne, champagne problem. problem. Like so, so, let's have less champagne problems and getting in and voting early in your neighborhood. And often. And often. <laughs> well, the one time you can vote. Tara, <laughs> see, that's why, you get, that's why we get in trouble. Chicago. Chicago. Every time my brother Hilario and I hear Tari gets me in trouble. <laughs> he gets you here. We just trying to keep it consistent. But early voting in your neighborhood starts tomorrow. And polling places have changed. So go on ChicagoElections.gov to find where your polling place at. I ain't going to sit up here and tell you who to vote for because you already know. If you're listening to this show. You already know. If you're listening to this show. But we talked about it week before last. See who is going for your local police boards. That's so Look important. I still don't think that. that got enough attention. Like, I still think people are missing 
that, you know, even in a lot of the debate, a lot of the forums, because they weren't called debates this go round, even though people was pulling it. Um, I'm going to say less about that. Um, <laughs> um, but that the ECPS is real. You know, um, activists and organizers have fought. And, and now we have a real opportunity to have a, a, a pol- some accountability from the police that comes from the community. And you got to be aggressive because for every right, every time people on this end and the progressive end fight to get an accommodate, get something that's going to move us in the right direction. Understand that opposing forces are also trying to co-op that advantage. So please do pay attention to who's running for the ECPS at your local police district, um, because there has been some issues. I know on the West side for sure. Um, there's been some real concerns about people who are trying to kind of, you know, co-op that whole process and for know their dastardly what, deeds. And know what police district we're in. Yeah. So even even if we take the officers in Memphis, y'all, they had a record. This board will get to look at, this local board will get to look at those records beforehand and says, oh, no, he should be off the street. Yeah. And they probably could have got those men or boys or very interesting individuals off the street Males. way before this incident even occurred. That's why we need people at the local level who are reasonable are checking and checking our system needs checks and balances this is another check and balancing the systems mm-hmm. of power that's right and anything that goes unchecked metastasizes so you have to check it early in order for it to not spread because as my sister just said had there been people checking and looking at the record and pulling them off the street we may not have had the tragedy that occurred a couple weeks ago so Tara it's Valentine's Day week and oh my god hit me where it hurts but Tara Tara I have to tell okay. you and the city of Chicago something I love you sometimes I gotta <laughs> I'm in love with Chicago very much so. Sometimes. All the time. We break up a lot. All the time. We don't break up a lot. <laughs> I break up. We break up a lot. Me and Chicago break we, up We don't break up a lot. We have lovers' quarrels. Well, that, okay, that's better. Sometimes Chicago got to go sleep in the other room. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes we get mad at each other. Sometimes I got to take a break and I'll go cheat on Chicago with New Orleans. But... <laughs> I love That's the thing. I gotta Chicago. Find I got to find some place to cheat on Chicago with. Oh, I then cheat I, on... I, then I'll be better. I'll be better for both of us when I return. Chicago, <laughs> New Orleans is my side. It's but Chicago side will always be my main. Yeah, that's so deep. I love the whole way, that whole metaphor, that whole... The way you putting it, I'm just saying... I need a side piece from Chicago because I'm telling you, we had a real bad fight this week. I mean, the kids saw it. I mean, that's bad. <laughs> now... Everybody knows that the one thing I love about Chicago more than anything specifically is black Chicago and and not just Southside black Chicago, because I know I get painted in that picture as Dylan reminded me today. Shout out to Dylan. I look like Dylan with my gray hair in the front. I look like the world's biggest White Sox fan. (laughs) But. 
Her hair is actually pretty dope, y'all. Like all of the colors. <laughs> she got this like really pretty like silver fox bronze goddess thing happening. Oh my god! With her fancy nails, she's looking extra cute though. She's looking like a real natural, beautiful goddess like sister. Shout out! I'm just trying to keep up with Tara. To Candace, I'm not. just trying to keep up with Tara. Black don't crack, and she reminds you of it every time you see it. Anyway, the. So I'm in love with black folks in Chicago. I'm in love with Chicago. I'm in love with the history of Chicago. And being that I'm in love, right? And I'm in love with the history of Chicago. And I'm in love with learning new things about Chicago. And black people in Chicago, especially every day. Look, if y'all don't follow Six Figure Dilla on Instagram or TikTok, Follow that young brother and follow those who are telling the stories of Chicago. I will echo something that he says all the time. Everything dope started in Chicago. Everything that makes That's black people. That's a whole t-shirt. He got that? Yes, he does. Everything that makes Since black. Dilla got that nice little t-shirt. Yes. Everything black Chicago is dope. And he even tells you why everything brown Chicago is dope. But we, it's Black History Month, so this is what we going to start. This is what we going to do. Look, do you got one of them shirts that say Chicago versus everybody else? Because I love those no, personally. but we can get you one of those. Talk I, to me I'm going to just tell you. I'm going to just tell you. You know, tell me what I do have. I'd be have. so serious about that. You know what I do have? What's that? I have the Alabama A&M versus everybody else. <laughs> T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and hoodies, and, and I can tell you where you order them from. Now anyway, <laughs> anyway, because I'm a hornet mom, she just be trying to go in, but not Naz. You know I'm gonna hold you down, <laughs> no matter what. I'm a rock Alabama State because my baby is playing. Hello, running back this year. Check him out. Um, but it's so not versus I'm a, I'm everybody. A anyway, <laughs> but on the line we have a local Chicago historian, which. We are going to talk to today, and Tara and I are going to tell our little-known black history Just facts. Just little-known black history facts. About Chicago that we love so much. But, Mr. Taylor, are you on the line? Talik? Yes. Listen, so let me give a little bit of an intro about this young brother, right? And then I'm going to let him just spit it because he's amazing. And so years and years ago, 2015, when I was running for alderman, we were I was um, sitting, I think I was on Chicago Avenue, and it was uh, we were sharing an office with, I won't name him now, but he came in to meet the guy we were supporting for mayor. Anyway, so he came in, and he was like, oh, I came to meet Mr. Garcia, him. <laughs> and, and he was a young kid. And so I was like, oh, okay, and we talking. And as I'm talking, he says, oh, you're Tara Stamps. You're running against Emma Mitts. And then he began to, like, run down my stats. He was in, I think he was in seventh or eighth grade then. Like, it was crazy. And so this young man is, A, a true, true progressive, is a true student of politics and Chicago, um, and it's just amazing. He just wrote an incredible article. I felt like I was reading something out of the New York Times about Paul Vallis. So, and so now I give you Mr. Talik Taylor. How you doing, Mr. Taylor? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, Mr. Taylor, what we're talking about is those black I, I'm in love with Chicago, and Tyra has a love-hate relationship with Chicago. We all get that fixed. Man, love-hate is just, you know, she dis- he disappoints me. But it's Black History Month, right? 
It's yeah. Black History Month, and Chicago has so many dope black history facts, or I like to call them history facts, that has to deal with black people. We miss it. So what are some of those history facts for you that give you chills from coming from Chicago? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, first, I want to say I appreciate uh, Ms. Stamps for that very warm introduction. I'll say this. I wasn't looking for the candidate who shall not be named. <laughs> I was looking for a sign in support of said candidate. That shall not be named. Said candidate. I love it. So, you know, I just want to be clear that I was not fangirling. At- <laughs> <laughs> that part. I was not fangirling ex person. I was specifically trying to get a sign just because I really didn't like the mayor at the time. And I was 13 back in 2015. So if you do the math, I'm 30 years old. Um, Dang, you just made me feel old. I'm not 30 years old. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, that math ain't math. That math ain't math. I'm like, that I'm a teacher, but that ain't even a whole 10 years. So, no. Matt, it's you early. And it's early. <laughs> you ain't even 23. I'm working on a mayor's race. It's right. early. This, this year. <laughs> so, so Talik, yeah. what is what do you want people in Chicago to know that you think they're missing about their own city? I think they're missing a lot of things. I think what we're missing is a sense of civic pride. Um, Black Chicagoans have had to overcome horrific uh, terroristic violence since they've come to Chicago, especially since the large chunk of them came in the 1930s during the Great Migration. Um, That's how my great-grandfather got here from Tennessee. And I think that a lot of people are missing... The, the the incredible resilience of that generation of great migration folks who kind of paved the way for um, the current uh, black politics in the city. I'll give you an example. Um, when Mayor Daley died, when Boss Daley died in 1976 of a massive heart attack, uh, about the, I believe it was the day before Christmas Eve, the president pro tempore of the city council was a man named Wilson C. Frost. Uh, and Wilson Frost was, an, was, was, was black. He was the first black man to ever be president pro tempore of the city council. Now, according to the city charter, the president pro tempore of the city council is supposed to succeed mm-hmm. the mayor upon death or resignation. I don't know if you remember when Mayor Harold Washington died in 1987. David Orr was actually the acting yep. mayor for about a month until... You, until uh, Eugene, Eugene Sawyer was appointed. So, yeah. So, Wilson C. Frost uh, was loyal to the Daily Machine, uh, one of the black machine uh, aldermen. I think they had a they had a nickname for the 12 black aldermen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Silent 12 because they didn't talk during any city council meeting. Um, and when they were roll, roll call to vote, somebody would have to pat them on the back or they would be falling asleep and tell them which way to vote. And um, their mics were turned down. You and their mics were turned down. Wow. Yes, 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 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they, you know, were both part of the machine, kind of in this liminal space, right? They're part of the machine, but they're also marginalized by the machine they're a part of. But Wilson Frost is a very educated black man at the time. Um, the white alderman refused to allow him to be sworn in as mayor, even acting mayor. 
Um, so the first black mayor of Chicago was almost Wilson Frost on Christmas Eve, 1976. Um, but because white machine alderman refused to swear him in um, and instead uh, appointed Michael Balandic, mm-hmm. um, we, we did not get the first black mayor upon the death of Boss Daly. I think it would have been the height of irony that a man who devoted his whole political career to the racial segregation of Chicago would have been succeeded by a black man. <laughs> so, so I want to I want to break in around with this body of information. I want to break this in because this is important to these elections coming up. But who was in city council that is not running who helped make those decisions? What do you mean? Can you elaborate about not appointing Frost? There is one very important person who is active in Chicago politics who is not. Ed Burke, who is not running this cycle, and this is the first time in my lifetime, Ed Burke will not be an alderman, and um, the males are active in this election. And if you live in the 33rd Ward, Dick Mayo, the males, the male regime is supporting Sammy Martinez. Uh, The sponsors of this show is not. We are not. We are staying with Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But in the 14th Ward, that's also uh, the Burke regime is not supporting Halu Gutierrez. And that's a whole thing. This is the first election that we can be rid of the Burks and the males. Also, if y'all don't... um, vote for a one-time CEO of Chicago Public Schools who is also being supported by the Burks and Males. We could be rid of the Burks and the Males regime. I'm sorry. No, don't leave. be sorry. That was that was that was an important fact I wanted to bring up. Um so Talik, what so we can stay on this political line now. Well, that's his bread and butter, I baby. Wanna, that in, in Christ. I want to put. I want to put some other things out <laughs> there. Jesus. If you have questions about the Great Migration, one, it's a very long book, but it is worth the read. Please read the Warmth of Other Suns, audience. The warmth of the warmth of other suns tells the stories of people who did migrate, including migrate to Chicago, including migrate to South Shore. And it tells the story that is past the story of just getting here. It, it tells the story of Chicago. That's number one. How they themselves. established themselves or and didn't established establish themselves. themselves in black Chicago. Um, that's number one. Number two, we talk about the black political machine. But Talik, I want you to talk about that a little bit more because we hear from people all the time that black people do not get jobs in politics. Can you talk just briefly because we got to take a break soon. But can you talk a little bit about how that whole black political machine worked? Yeah, so it's complicated. It's evolved since the Daily Era. Um, so under the Daily, under the first Daily Era back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, um, the Black Chicago political machine was run by just a handful of congressmen, one of whom was Ralph Metcalf, who was Mayor Held Washington, who was then State Senator Washington's uh, mentor. Um, 
and several other political uh, figureheads kind of ran the black machine uh, uh, in terms of precinct captains and patronage jobs, et cetera. Now, under Mayor Washington, you have the, the, black, the rise of the black progressive uh, political machine, uh, which wasn't really much of a machine. It, it kind of emphasized more good governance than anything else. Um, a strong, multiracial, progressive coalition which stuck together behind Mayor Washington's agenda when he was mayor. When he died, that kind of kind of fell apart, and uh, the New Daily uh, son kind of recreated his father's old political machine, and that's when you see things like HBO, the Hispanic Democratic Organization, and other black and, and, and other black or brown Texas organizations starting out. Salik, we got to take a break real quick, but we will be right back. And stay on with us. Stay on with us. Absolutely. Community elections rules everything, everything around me. Cream get the money for the community. We need to invest in chief. What? What? We need to invest in chief. What? What? Okay. So I gave y'all two bars. I gave y'all two bars today and one day today. We in even one a whole half hour into day. the show. What? <laughs> And she just giving the people what, what? they demand. Y'all, I ain't been drinking coffee, and I had espresso this is that morning. What it is? Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like one of my favorite mayoral candidates when he has a chai tea latte. <laughs> Way too much sugar. Um, <laughs> so, Talik, what we can talk about? And I was just telling Tara that you know y'all can hang out. We can know, hang out. You know stuff she knows. Yeah. You know that we can hang out. So the rest of us in Middle America are trying to figure out. <laughs> I want to hang out with my folks, especially when we talk about our history, because I think it's incredibly important that we know our history and engage well with it. So, Talik, Tara has told me you're a West Sider, and I'll forgive you for I that. Am. See, see how disrespectful. <laughs> see how they be checking these little jobs on the show. <laughs> I will, I will forgive you for being a West Sider, but I want to talk as about. Forgive her for being a South Sider. I want to talk about the and South Side for a minute. Alabama and uh-huh. I know she ain't talking. <laughs> I want to talk about the South Side for a minute because Norfolk Southern um, Rail Company has been here for the 1800s. But recently, uh, city council just passed the ordinance. Well, they will get more land. And the illustrious Alderwoman Jeanette B. Taylor fought against it. And there's a documentary out called The Area that talks about all the vacant land we see on 57th Street. And we think that people just up and moved. No, Norfolk Southern offered them way below market value for their houses. And what people don't realize is that was phase one. Mm. And Bobby Rush and Willie Cochran signed off on that deal. But I want to go back to it because people forget that it was Inglewood and Austin that had some of the biggest and best thriving black communities from the 1920s. Some of the largest houses, some of all of that. And and I think the first 
black congressperson after Reconstruction had some of that area, which was Oscar DePriest. So, Talit, can you talk a little bit about Oscar DePriest? Yeah, so Oscar DePriest was a member of Congress uh, from the 1920s. Um, he was one. He was the first African American congressman uh, after uh, uh, post Reconstruction, at least in the state of Illinois. Uh, Oscar DePriest was brilliant. Um, him and his wife were both uh, were both very well known black patrons of politics and political power. Um, Oscar DePriest's wife, I believe, got to meet President Herbert Hoover's wife. Uh, the first lady uh, in the early 1930s. Um, the priest ended up retiring um, and then passing away shortly thereafter. But the person who would eventually take up his seat, which is the first district, was was Harold Washington. Shout out to shout out to the person who has the first district seat now, with it, which is. Jonathan Jackson and Oscar the Priest was also the first black county commissioner. Mm. Shout out to our commissioner friend and all the black folks on the commission, but especially our commissioner friend, our commissioner friend, uh, Brandon Johnson and Monica Gordon and Stanley Moore and Anthony Cazada and Josina Morita, who share something with um, Oscar the Priest about being first. Uh, Commissioner Marita is the first Asian American to sit on the county board of commissions. Long overdue. Long overdue. Um, but being the first is important, and we overlook Oscar the Priest in Chicago history so much. People forget that he existed, and Save we can't. <laughs> Forget that. Except for the school. And so mm-hmm. many of our kids don't know why our and schools is, are named. You know First of all, that in itself is a tragedy to me. I think every child in every school should know who their school is named after. They should have that. There should be some basic instruction the first week of school every year that says your school is named after this person and this is what they did. This is why they're significant to Chicago. I'm just saying. Even our babies at John C. Calhoun Elementary School. All of them. Even when they dare wrong. Even when they dare even wrong. Even when they dare wrong. Because when you know it's dead wrong, then that gives you ammunition to fight. Yep. Exactly. Right? The reason that we, this whole issue around Christopher Columbus and taking down the statues and renaming things is because people had enough information to say, yo, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just, every Friday... It just it happened this way. Um, I've been the guest teacher at different high schools on the West Side. It's been a very wonderful way to end my week. And I read this poem yesterday called Two Sets of Notes on Friday. Take Two Notes by M.K. Asante. And when what the poem was saying was when you're in school, take notes to pass the test. And then I take another set of notes called the truth. So for everything they they teach us in school, we should always be aware of. I always told my students, always ask, what were black people doing then? Mm. Where were we? What was our role in this? And then always take two sets of notes. And the fact that people were taking two sets of notes on Christopher Columbus is why we're now able to take down his statues, work to get Indigenous Peoples Day. So those those are the things that happen when you get different information, when you get the truth opposed to, you know, Western whitewash versions of actual events. So I want to bring Nina into this conversation. Nina. Nina. I'm sorry, Nina. 
So, Nina, we in love, right? We in love. Talik is in love. Tara's in love sometimes. We in love. But we in love with Chicago and especially black Chicago, especially black Chicago history. So give us your little known black history fact about Chicago. Oh, okay. So my little known black history fact about Chicago would be about uh, Hazel Johnson, uh, who worked in the O'Gale Gardens. Um, and she's considered to be the mother of the environmental justice movement. Wow. And she was sounding the alarm about all of the pollution and uh, sickness that was happening to the residents of the Ogil Garden. And I just so happened to be uh, from Block 12, and my family grew up out there. And I just remember hearing my mom and dad talk about this big plume of pollution floating over the gardens. But as a um, science person in Chicago, um, all the way through CPS and going to UIC. I never heard about Hazel Johnson's work, and she was definitely doing science. And so now I talk about her every year in my chemistry class because we learn about the chemistry behind the pollution um, that's devastating, you know, the south the south and the west side of Chicago. Uh, you know, so that's, that's my um, person that I revere. And uh, she's like a little-known black history fact to me, even though I study science. Uh, you know, so it's really interesting to be in Chicago and be in that block, be in all your gardens in the 1970s, uh, you know, when the, you know, all the pollution was kind of like really hitting hard and, and uh, people were dying from cancer and things of that nature. And so she's the person that I kind of revere. She's a community activist. She wasn't a trained scientist, but she definitely was doing sciences. She went around and collected data. Uh, wow. and she talked to the residents. And then she pushed on the government to provide solutions to the issues. And so that's why I talk about her in my class today. Nina, I'm... In the recent last three years. Nina, I want you to go further with that this. Is dope. Because... <laughs> The thank environmental that, stories, thank you for that. The environmental stories we hear in Chicago uh, come from a lot from the 10th Ward, right? Which is not too far from all, Gail, at all, like down the street around the corner. Um, but we hear about the steel mill stuff. We hear the recent fight that they had. We hear about all of that. But we don't hear about the environmental catastrophes that happen in black neighborhoods and still are happening in black neighborhoods all the time. Why don't you think, as a scientist, and just to set the record straight, black history is in every single subject we can think of. Because it's history. Because it's history. And black people made moves in history. And one of the most popular black scientists is from Chicago. And that's Mae Jemison. But, mm-hmm. but, why do you think that story of Art Gale and the organizer in Art Gale is not told? Because if, if you disconnect people from the history, then you can keep repeating the devastation in the communities over and over again. Say that again. Say it with your chest. Say it with yeah. your chest. And for the people in the back. And for the people in the back. And for the people in the back. So when you when you disconnect uh, people from their history, their history can be repeated again and again, and uh, no one will know the connection of, you know, of the systemic racism that's been happening for a long, long time. Uh, and so, and that's why I tell my students, you know, that all of this is a result of racism. You know, it's not an accident. They knew what they were doing uh, when they were polluting those neighborhoods. 
And they did it anyway. And they did it anyway. Because there's no value on black life. Right, right. There's no humanity. You know, they they don't see our humanity. And we're just an expenditure for, you know, for production of whatever the product is, uh, no matter how how much harm it causes us. And so I just wanted my students to kind of know that, like, they they know about this. They know about the, the... the oxidation reduction reaction and they tell you about them and they teach you about it, but they don't teach it in context so that you won't ever know that this is the very thing that you need to be fighting against um, and, and understanding like the science behind it so that you can put a stop to it in your community when they try to bring it to your community. And, um, and some of the students are kind of shocked, you know, when they hear about it and they're like, why didn't we know? I said, because, you know, people don't want you to know. Exactly. And that's the bottom line. You don't know because no one wants want you to know. But what I also find interesting when we're talking about environmental justice and when we're talking about, you know, um, uh, climate change and 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 all of the things that's going on in the environment, rarely um, do we talk about the impact that that's having in black communities. Right. And how environmental racism plays out in black communities. And I don't want to steal our whole theme of of radical black joy or little known black history facts, but it's just fascinating to me how you have this really huge conversation about climate and black people are not grounded in the conversation that we're having about climate. And, um, and so you bringing this fact up just further illuminates that. And so thank you. I personally am learning so much this morning from you and Talik. So thank you. Um, for that. Nina, I know that you also, um, have been working on so many black history programs at, at the school where you teach, which I believe is Westinghouse. And um, you have uh, another artist that, another scientist, not artist, another scientist that you are are grounding in that work, Charles Drew. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Share some of that with us. Yeah, so I was, you know, I'm a chemistry teacher, so every year I teach about density. Most most chemistry teachers teach density. Um, And so I just started digging through, trying to find a black scientist that worked with density um, and just to, you know, have a scientist that was black to talk about and not just, you know, revering all these white male scientists. And so I did through the information and I found information about Charles Drew. He actually used density um, to separate the blood um, mm-hmm. into different components. Instead of having to donate whole blood, you can donate different components of your blood. And he was able to save millions of soldiers that were dying in Europe during um, the war. And so um, he brought that program back to the U.S. And, of course, in the U.S., since there was segregation, they said, hey, yeah, you can do this program here, but black people can't donate blood. And so um, I feel like that kind of started where black people are kind of iffy about donating blood because of the fact back then they couldn't donate. And then, then they said, oh, okay, now we'll let black people donate. And so... I kind of bring this to the forefront because the work that he did with like centrifuging and, and safety protocols and things of that nature, if students were learning about that and focus on that instead of just dropping something in the water to see if this thing's been close, because that's what they kind of tell you to teach us. Um, if you want it in context and say, he used it to separate the blood, you can cross over chemistry and biology. And also then you can look at the donation of blood for sickle cell anemia. Um, and the fact that we need, black donors because sickle cell anemia patients, uh, they do better with uh, blood from black donors because uh, it's free of uh, different antigens 
that uh, would make the blood, you know, it'll be better for um, sickle cell anemia patients. And so that's another uh, illness that uh, black people are, you know, impacted by. And so I feel like, you know, those two connections uh, help me to really kind of foreground it and make meaning for students. Um, and for the rest of their lives, they'll remember, you know, that'll be a thing that they can pull out their brain file folder and think about Charles Drew. Um, and so that's why I kind of push for a blood drive to happen uh, on Friday, uh, February 24th, at the Chicago Teachers Union from 2 to 7. Um, and we're really in need of uh, blood donors. Um, and we'll take any blood donors, but we really want uh, black people to donate um, because we need uh, donations from black people to help people that have sickle cell. And so the blood drive is in honor of Lloyd Newman. He's a CPS graduate and a co-author of Our America. And he recently passed away in his mid-40s from sickle cell. <clears throat> so I'm just making the connections between between the, the racism that was, you know, that Charles Drew had to get through. Um, and then, you know, he took a stand and said that there's no difference uh, in the blood and why can't black people donate blood to help save the soldiers too. And so um, and he kind of pushed for that. And so later on, the Red Cross and everybody started letting black people donate. But I still feel like, you know, black people don't understand what they need to, you know, really donate more because the donations from black people are really low. And they need to understand that we can help the sickle cell anemia patients and, um, and help them have a better chance uh when they're fighting the disease. So, so that's what I talk about in my, in my chemistry class. So we got to yeah. take a quick break. I want to thank both um, Talik and Nina for giving thank us those black history facts. So much good I information. Think, I think, Nina, we'll have you back in April to talk about, really, the environmental stuff because they talk about it, but we need to really get into sure. from the lead in the water and black and brown communities to Lori blowing up stuff in the middle of a pandemic. Like, we should really <laughs> be having these conversations, conversations about ongoing. environment. And Talik, thank you so much. So much black Chicago political history is some of the dopest history that we find in the country and Nina you are right once we remember this stuff once we get reminded of this stuff we get reminded of our power tomorrow's early vote y'all thank you thank you both so much like our world is better for having you this show is enriched by your knowledge base and I cannot wait for another opportunity to present itself so that you guys can continue sharing some of this information with our public. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I heard a white man's yes is a black baby. I was the living And we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed um, hearing from Nina Hike, a uh, Chicago public school teacher at Westinghouse, scientist working on her Ph.D. in environmental science. Um, and brother Talik Taylor, who is really just a political junkie and a poli sci and religion major, actually. So he's actually also working on his divinity degree. You know, I thought about doing that, too, but you know. Because Jesus, look. Okay, I know. Well, not, not, homie, not just that. <laughs> not just that. Not just that. But, okay, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about well, it. let's get into it. Then. They have used the Bible. They have used the Quran. They have used the Torah. Torah. 
to subjugate black people and keep us from the knowledge itself. So I want to use, you know, I'm a true Trinitarian, so I want to <laughs> use that same knowledge of self. I want to use that I want to all fight black people through to go to Trinity I'm and break that. through. All black people should go to Trinity at least once in your life, especially during now, during the Mayafa. Doing the Mayafa, which is just like Which so is dope. a tragedy. It's a tragedy, but the way that we break down. One of my biggest attractions to Trinity, and just when you said that made me want to go get back on the pew, um, is just the whole concept of Trinity, which is unashamedly black Unapologetically, unapologetically Christian. Christian and that we are a very learned church like we amplify um, scholarly pursuits at at Trinity but alongside being in the community of the community and loving uh, liberatory thinking and, and black life so Please check out Trinity. You know, I'll, I'll say this. You, I got to pass it at quotes Jesus, quotes Jay-Z, Jay-Z. and quotes James Baldwin in the same, same sermon. Sir. <laughs> and that speaks real, to though. everything in my life. So, but in saying that, we use all of those things to hold us down and keep us down instead of lifting ourselves up. So how do we... How do we do that? And I guess as part of my academic pursuits, but I want to shout out black present, not not just black history, but black present. And I want to shout it out through our sponsors. Right. Mm -hmm. When we talk about black present. Chicago Teachers Union has always had dynamic black women at its helm. Absolutely. Shout out to Jesse Sharkey, who is not a dynamic black woman, but a dynamic person and a great barbecuer. But, <laughs> but it's always had dynamic black women at its helm that has taken Can Chicago. We say Jackie Vaughn. Jackie Vaughn, Karen Lewis, Stacey Davis Gates. Yes. That has always, and we forget that Chicago Teachers Union is AFT Local 1. We forget that. Right. So we ground zero, baby. They are ground zero and ground zero when it came to examples of other Local. black folks mm-hmm. in education. You would have no United Teachers of New Orleans and Nat LaCour and Brenda, Dr. Brenda Mitchell if you did not have a CTU first. Yes, yes. So shout out there, but uh, and shout out to Stacey Davis Gates who's making it rain on them. But shout out also to SEIU HCII and SEIU Illinois State Council. Why? Because this is the first time you had a black man who is head of both, mm. and President Greg Kelly and. Erica Blandero Semi as executive vice president of SEIU at HCIIMK. And why is this so important to say HCIIMK, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, and Kansas? It's two black people at the helm of such an expansive organization. Union. And not not just a union, but these are two unions mm-hmm. who are dedicated to speaking truth to, to power. Sure. The same thing with SEIU 73 and Diane Palmer. The same with... Uh, well, drop it then. Drop it. Girl, drop it. With the Postal Workers Union. The same with the Transportation Union. 
SEIU Healthcare and CTU have been on the forefront of this. Yes, we have. But you will not have black people in labor speaking truth to power. And you got to remember, you have to remember black labor a. Philip Randolph came out of Chicago, and we think Pulled about him yes. as being the architect for the March on Washington, Washington. Mm-hmm. but first and foremost, he was a labor leader. Yep. It was a labor person who put Emmett Till's mother in touch with everybody to make sure that casket was open. You have to remember those things. So Chicago labor has stood on the forefront. It was labor coming from Chicago that paid for the March on Washington. Uh, Martin Luther King was in Memphis for the garbage men strike. AFSCME strike. You got to remember, it's been labor at the forefront of revolutionary change in this country. And it will be labor that's at the forefront of the revolutionary change that's going on right now right in now Chicago. in the city so, Tara, of Chicago. Look, your closing thoughts. Um, well, my closing thought, I don't know how I'm going to rival that, right? Because she just been, she came in hot um, with the, you know, shots. <laughs> Then we just had so much amazing content dropped on us. Um, But the initial question was about little known black facts. And what am I proud of? Or what do I want other Chicagoans to know about? And one of the things that just changed my life, both as a child of an activist, and I talked a lot about my mom last year, but when I was 13, Oscar Brown Jr., who lived on the South Side, who was an artist, activist, entertainer, scholar, um, was funded by the city to basically write a musical about the city of Chicago, and it was called The Great Nitty Gritty. And he auditioned. He got all of his talent from the projects. So you would go to the projects and audition, and that's where I met Dr. Aisha Wade Bay. So she and I have been friends since we were like teenagers. Um, and he wrote the entire musical, the entire play, and all of the talent came out of, at that time, um, housing projects across the city of Chicago. His two daughters are still artists in the city. Um, Africa um, and Maggie are still artists in the city. But if you ever get an opportunity to read or hear or listen to any of the pieces by Oscar Brown Jr., please do. So... My closing thoughts to this is very simple. Black Chicago. And shout out to the rest of our sponsors. Cook County College Teachers 1600, Chicago Federation of Labor, Friends of Brandon Johnson. Chicago Teachers Union Foundation. Chicago Teachers Union Foundation, SEIU, HCII. But I want to I wanna lift something up here. Early vote <laughs> starts tomorrow. And when I say that, I'm just not talking about, like, just the mayor's race. Even though that's important, y'all know where I stand. Well, that's critical. We got so much at stake, and that's what gets me so riled. But we really, literally have 15 open aldermanic seats. We really, literally are adding police boards in. We literally have the opportunity to make the revolutionary change that that we say and deserves. And if this show is for the people. And it is. And it is. This work we do is for the people. And it is. Then we need to make sure we are electing people of the people. And show up. 
Don't just ask for a seat at the table, then ignore the invite and don't RSVP. Um, I don't I don't ask for seats at the table, you, Tyler. May, you, you, you take the table. I do what my sister from New York said. I bring, I bring my, my own, own chair, chair, and sometimes I bring my own table. table. Shout out to those who are currently bringing their own chairs and bringing their own, own table. Show y'all, up. Just I'm asking y'all to show up. Somebody do y'all kids Black History Report on Stacey Davis Gates Please and do. Greg Kelly. Because Call not them. only with it. and Diane Palmer, because not only are they bringing their own chairs, but sometimes they bring their own, own table. table. And they bring their people with them. I love Chicago, y'all. Till Sunday comes. And she got to say the Go time. vote! <laughs>